If you were no longer affected by the judgment of others and you stopped judging yourself, would you make different choices? Everyone has the potency to make inspired choices. Get ready to listen, share, and experience the creativity that is you. Now, here's the host of Inspired Choices Radio Show, Possibilities Coach, Christine McIver. Welcome, 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 everyone. I am so happy you're here with us tonight. I am the host of the Inspired Choices Radio Show. And tonight we have a very special guest with us, Kelly Burton Adams. And we're going to be talking about mindfulness-inspired visioning. And uh, she has got some fabulous things to share with us. And uh, I'm really excited because Kelly and I have known each other for years, but we haven't seen each other for years. So we'll get into that in just a second. So before we get started, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. I am a possibilities coach. And what I do is I work with individuals and organizations to really assist them, guide them, and inspire them to move forward in the possibilities that their hearts desire that they're not sure how to make possible. So if you're someone that is um, looking at perhaps growing a business or expanding the business you have right now, or you're someone that's struggling perhaps with divorce or self-confidence issues, or you're someone that has a team that needs some guidance and, and really change what's not working, I would love to have a conversation with you. I have been professionally trained as a coach. I've been in human resources for 25 years. I've been in my own business now for 10 years. So working one-on-one and in teams is something that I absolutely love to do. And in a world where we all desire more, I believe everyone should have a coach. I have a coach, and I believe that most coaches have coaches because they know the importance of it. So ask yourself, what would my life be like if I actually had someone who was in my corner and was inspiring me, and sometimes even giving me a kick in the ass to move forward to create my dreams. So if you'd like to get in touch with me, you can do so at christine at inspiredchoices.ca, or you can do so through the network here. Uh, My radio show is up here, Inspired Choices. So tonight, let's get on with the show, Mindfulness Inspired Visioning with Kelly Burton Adams. I know her as Kelly. (laughs) Does your leadership style include mindfulness-inspired visioning? What would would your team create if you and all of them learned mindfulness-inspired visioning? Mindfulness is a key to being a leader in your own life, business, and as part of a successful team. Our guest today, Kelly Burton-Adams, is the author of the newly launched Mindful Team Making, a guide for coaches, athletes, and parents. She has an unusual and varied career over the last 30 years, ranging from being on staff at a local health food store to designing and delivering a multi-departmental wellness program for a high-profile provincial government ministry. In between, she has been a monastery school teacher, a performing professional musician, a career coach, a therapist, and most recently, a mental performance coach for sports teams. This most recent accomplishment, becoming a well-respected writer, is the one she has found the most satisfying and in many ways the easiest. Kelly says this was an inspired choice for her and that the foundation of her book was laid many years ago during a time of deep adversity 
This period in her early adulthood is when she first became aware of the crucial role of inspiration in life. And since that time, she has ensured it plays a pivotal role in all the jobs she has taken on, as well as in her personal and family life. And I just want to add to that beautiful bio that uh, Kelly and I actually met in 2008, where we both took our professional coaching training in Toronto. And I remember Kelly as this lively, joyful, always, she literally had the energy of possibilities. And it was so inspiring for me at that time. And I'm honored to have her here tonight. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Well, thanks so much, Christine. And right back at you, speaking of live wires and energy, that's exactly (laughs) my memory of you, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. So it's so cool to to connect with you again and to see what you've been doing. I mean, talk about a varied career. Like, holy moly. (laughs) Well, true. And actually, when you were reading that all out or or explaining all that, I started thinking, my God, I sound so old. I sound like I'm about 100. There's so much in there. (laughs) Well, if you were 100, I'd be really thrilled that you were still here with us and a guest on my show. You know what, it's it's interesting uh, because, you know, I have had a bit of a variety in my career as well, and it's interesting to see the differences in, in a lot of our career choices, and yet there is this thread that runs through them all. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, it's, it's really that seeking towards what does inspire us. And yes. I think, you know, enjoying your book, like talk about a read, and as, as most people know, I'm not a really fast reader, but I was like, okay, I got to read this book. And I just, as soon as I started into it, I couldn't put it down. And I don't, as I said, I don't go through books fast, but I, I seriously, Kelly, I couldn't put it down. It was a wonderful, wonderful read. And while you focus on teams, as in coaches and athletes, to me, this book, every person that is looking to be a leader in the world absolutely should read your book. It was, and and parents, like looking at it from the perspective of being a parent and thinking about how, how, you know, I led my children and how I would speak to them and how I would check in on them. You share so much in that, even in the first chapter. So the book is, is all about, um, there's three sections to the book and, and um, the first section is mainly to the, uh, speaks to the coaches and the teams and then, and then goes to the athletes and then the parents. But I found that there was so much in that first section, Kelly, that anybody could learn from that. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I really appreciate you saying this and kind of affirming in me that, that it has broader implications than, than just working with sports teams, which obviously I love. But you're absolutely right, Christine. It's like somebody who reviewed the book early on uh, in the new year for me said something to the effect of, well, unless you live on a desert island, you should read Kelly's book. And I mean, I, I was really happy and flattered she said that because she happened to be a manager with 30 years experience in the government. And she just said, you know, all these principles that you talk about in terms of the sports coach really apply to anybody who's part of a team. And when you think about it, even if we're just a family member, I mean, that's a team. 
And in fact, we do spend a little, yeah, a little bit of time in the uh, chapter um, in one section of that book talking about the fact that actually the athlete's first experience of team is not when he or she gets on your team, it's their family of origin that is their first team. You know, so I, I guess I'm just really happy to hear a number of people, including you, say that there's stuff in here that has value for more than just coaches and athletes. Absolutely. Totally. And, I mean, it's, uh, you know, any any organization, any um, any office, any business, um, whether you have two people or you have 222 people or whatever, the, the principles that you speak to and how you – you have such a different way of looking at this, Kelly. And and it was wonderful. It was refreshing to to look at it. And, you know, like I've been around for 55 years, so I've been on teams. I've been in organizations, you know. I have people in my team through my business now. And you, you really do bring some things to light that I've not considered before. So I really appreciate what you've said in this book. Now I do want to um, I do want to point you. You talk about the adversity in um, that ha- happened in your life. Can you talk about that for just a second? Not that that's critical to the to the learning from the book, but it really speaks to the motivation for you. Yes, for sure it does. And it's interesting because when I started writing the book, I really. Um, I didn't sort of plan out everything I was going to write in the book. Even the process of writing it was what I'd consider to be an inspired process because basically I'd sat down at the computer and things just kind of came out of my head that had almost, I guess, been in there almost like they were on file for years and years. And so Mm -hmm. the whole book just really flowed that way. And so when I came to a certain point in that first section for coaches, literally, my own life adversity just came out on the page. It was not a decision. It was just, well, there it is. I guess I'm going to be talking about this, you know? Right, right. And and I really am happy that it sort of came out that way so that it doesn't seem contrived or orchestrated. It really fits with what I'm trying to say about what you're trying to do with people when you're in any sort of a a leadership role, whether that's, you know, the mom in your family or the head coach of the basketball team or the, you know, deputy minister in government or whatever it is. So in terms of specifics, I mean, without getting into all the details, when I was in my early 20s, you know, a really big traumatic event occurred um, and nothing that I could have anticipated, uh, though in retrospect, it sort of, quote unquote, made some sense. And that is that, uh, you know, I had a knock on my door one day back in 1982 and it was a uh, a police officer and uh, a local parish priest. And basically, they were there to tell me that, unfortunately, both my parents uh, had been shot and killed that day in uh, the family home. Now, obviously, I wasn't living there then. I had moved out on my own. But you can well imagine what kind of, you know, huge, shocking and kind of traumatic event that was. 
And if you, you know, I won't give away all the details, but if you, if people read the book, they'll see it was even more complex than that because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously they didn't die of natural causes. So this, you know, blew into a a huge, you know, uh, public media event, you know, to the point where, you know, our family story was on the national news at the time, et cetera, et cetera. So... Mm -hmm. All that to say, you know, a lot of adversity to deal with, both from the point of view of the obvious shock and grief, but mm-hmm. also, wow, it's out there in the public domain. And, right. you know, if you grow up in St. John's, Newfoundland, you know, small town community center, you know, everybody you run into is somebody you know. Yeah. So how this how this fits in with the book is that I realized later on, as the years went by, that what sort of helped me move through that kind of complicated adversity was figuring out some way to inspire myself. Because let's face it, if your whole family is wiped out and you're the only one left, at first glance, it doesn't really look like there's any reason for you to get out of bed in the morning, you know? Right, right, sure. You know, so something as basic as, am I going to stick around? Am I going to just, you know, end it all myself? Like, you kind of go through all that stuff, and very quickly, I felt like, no, 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 you know, I don't have any intentions of leaving the planet right now. I just have to figure out how I'm going to move through this. And so in the book, I I talk about the daily struggle of, you know, how to get yourself out of bed in the morning. What can inspire you to do that? Once you're out of bed, you know, what's the next thing you're going to do so that you're, you know, more engaged in your day? Because while you're doing all this, you're still coping with a tremendous amount of grief. So, you know, again, without giving away the whole book, because this is just a small section, it's just when I, when I first tapped into this ability of people, human beings, because I don't think I'm particularly special in this regard, you know, there's a place to tap into your own core and figure out ways of inspiring yourself. So I mm-hmm. moved through that process on a daily basis for a number of years and got to the point where I I started to figure out okay I know I understand this process I know what I have to do and that all begins with the process of visioning which is kind of where the mindfulness fit in later as well right right because in right. in order to have a vision you have to be sort of still enough within yourself to even know what your own vision is right yes so it's I don't know if that on. starts to answer your question but it definitely it definitely starts with down the path for sure Kelly it's 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 great and um it's interesting because um it shocked me uh when i got to that section of the book and it did seem initially like it was out of place and like you say i mean you became a personal expert on internally inspiring and motivating yourself and and then it you know as I continue to read I'm like oh my god this is a brilliant insertion so I'm so glad that you allowed the book to pull that through you um, because it, it it really does show 
anything can occur in our lives, and we still mm-hmm. have choice in it. Well, that's exactly right, and that's why I love, you know, the whole premise of your radio show, to be honest, because we do always have choices. I mean, I entertain many choices at that time, as you can imagine, Um, but also the role of inspiration in it, because you can make a choice because you feel obliged or because you have some set of artificial rules in your life that you think you need to follow. Some of those often involve things like expectations of others, right? Yes. And and so it can look like you're really, you know, leading this directed life. But unless the choices you're making are somehow coming from inspiration, after a while that just won't uh, keep you it won't cut moving it. ahead. No. Yeah, exactly. No, it won't cut exactly. it. And, if, and, and I've seen both for myself and other people, that as they make these choices, they oftentimes will will become resentful because it isn't what is actually within them that is asking to be, um, to to move through them, to to, to really have them live the life that, that changes their world and possibly others as well. So it, it, it's, I think, personally, it's critical that we are doing what inspires us. So on that note, we're going to take our first break, and then we come back, we're going to jump in even deeper with Kelly Kelly Burton-Adams. And um, if you have any questions, please join us in the chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can certainly call in with your questions and comments in the U.S., 815-880-8255, or Canada, 613-800-8736. And when we get back, Kelly's also got a free gift she's going to be sharing with all of us. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back. Many of us make choices in our lives based on the past or what others think. What would our lives be like if we made choices based on what we desire in this moment? By tuning in to Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You are an infinite being with infinite choices. Are you ready to create the life and living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you ready to have pleasure with your business? Yes, I said pleasure with your business. The pleasure of business a la carte will surprise you with topics like meet yourself in the boardroom, money, services, and you. Expand your visibility. The pleasure of communication. The pleasure of Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Christine McIver has so much pleasure with business and loves teaching all things business. Beginning a new business? Desiring to expand a current business? or looking to resurrect a business that has been dormant. This program will get you fired up and bring more pleasure than you have ever imagined. Exhausted with your excuses for not creating a phenomenal business? Join now for all the pleasure with business. Pleasure of Business a la carte gives you total choice for what you desire and what your business requires. That's 24 weeks of different topics to choose from with weekly calls, audio and video recordings, and PDFs. This class will have you dive right in and use tools to create the business that has been speaking to you. 
Go to inspiredchoices.ca for full details or join the Facebook page, Pleasure O Business a la Carte. Now is the time for you and your business. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining tonight. We have a wonderful guest with us tonight, Kelly Adams, who is speaking with us about mindfulness-inspired visioning. So, Kelly, let's get into the visioning piece. Um, so you you went through this this devastation in your life, and then you started to inspire yourself from within to continue to move forward. Where, where did you go next? What was occurring next for you? Oh, I really felt that I had no idea what my next steps should be, obviously. And uh, so, you know, once I got into the sort of pattern of being really still first thing in the mornings and beginning to vision the simple daily life tasks of, you know, getting out of bed eating, uh, you know, preparing to teach my uh, music students because at the time I had done a piano performance degree and had opened a music studio. So I had about 55 different uh, piano and flute students. So that's kind of my daily work. And then what sort of emerged for me during that process was I began to realize that while I did enjoy teaching music, it was really the people and the wide variety of them that I was working with that fascinated me more. Uh, you know, I literally found them inspiring. Um, so I had quite an age range there. It ranged from, you know, someone who was six years old all the way through to a couple of, you know, retired students. So I had like one gentleman who was, you know, 70 years old. And the way that they all learned seemed to be quite different to me. So I found it both intriguing and inspiring. And it called a lot of things out of me about my approach to teaching. Because I realized that, okay, I can't just do the same old thing for 55 different people. I have to find ways of presenting this material and teaching these skills that will engage them, which means I have to actually get to know a lot more about them and what makes them tick. And that, mm -hmm. you know, really what got me thinking about, well, wait a sec, maybe it's not just that I want to teach music to people. Maybe I want to help them figure out a set of skills and a way of looking at life that will take them much further beyond just learning to play an instrument. Right. So that sort of became my next step was, well, how am I going to do that? You know, I'd been teaching a number of years by then. And I thought, okay, what's the next step here? And then I just started looking at university programs, you know, at a master's level. And I realized, wow, if I do this counseling and therapy program here, then I'm really opening up a whole lot of new doors for myself. 
So that I consider to be, you know, an inspired choice based on both my experience and my, uh, just my intuition. Right. Well, I think, you know, I think what what you personally experienced in your life uh, began to lay the the groundwork for you being acutely sensitive to what's going on around you. And which is, which is a gift. It's a, shitty way to get that gift kind of turned up but you know in, in many people's lives in my own life there was there was a lot of challenges in my family of origin you know of drinking and you never know you know when the next shoe was going to drop that makes you acutely aware um and you start to really begin to read people so yeah. you, you had you had this finely tuned ability to read people, Kelly, and you've taken it into the marketplace in many different ways, which now brings you to to you know assisting with coaches. So, what is your role when you're on a team? Well, I love the way you captured what that uh, you know tragic event and your own experiences can offer us all, right? Because there's always yes. a gift in there. And as you say, it's never a gift you would have requested under those circumstances. But nonetheless, you get the gifts if you're open to them. And so that's really, um, interestingly, how my role has been formed with sports teams. Because I am not a technical coach. I'm not even an athlete. You know, and so at first blush, you think, well, wow, what's she doing over there on the bench? Well, there are skills I have that, you know, came from being a music performer for sure. And those specific skills really, you know, fit beautifully in the sports world. They're exactly the same psych skills that you'd use to prepare for a piano performance or, let's say, a basketball game. But beyond that is this reading thing. Now, I don't know if you'd get any of the head coaches I've worked with over the last decade to name it that way because they're not psychologists. You know what I mean? But what they do know about me is that I get a really quick read on the athletes and what their current obstacles are and what's going on in their heads that's preventing them from performing at peak levels. And Mm -hmm. so the head technical coaches begin to really rely on that. Look, so-and-so played a crappy game. Like, what is up with him? You know, over to you, Kelly, (laughs) right? (laughs) So I begin working with the athletes, you know, to figure out, okay, what is going on here? But even more than that is in an actual game, you're reading a lot, like while the coaches are looking at the plays and the technique and all the technical aspects, I am literally just reading the dynamics of the team that are going on and sort of reading visually the body language and the energy of each of the athletes on the team and just discerning, okay, so-and-so is not fully engaged here. You know, they're not in that mindful state of being fully present. How am I going to get him or her there, you know, before the end of the second quarter? So, you know, you have to get really efficient at both reading and sorting out how you can quickly address what it is that's going to bring that person into focus. Because you can't stop right. the game and say, well, wait, wait a sec now, you know. Excuse me. We need Excuse me. I need a few minutes yeah. to get this figured out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so are you, when you are, um, when you are doing 
you know, when you're quote unquote reading people and, and you're, you're reading both the coaches. I mean, you've got some amazing examples. I love all, like, I, I love all the stories. I mean, when somebody tells me a story, I'm in, right? I love all the stories right. of the, your different experiences with the different coaches and so on. But when you're reading the coaches and you're reading the, um, the athletes and, and you're reading what's going on, are you also educating the others? So if you're reading, a an athlete, are you then turning around and educating the coaches on what you're learning about this person and how they can, too, begin to read them? Well, obviously, you know, right in the middle of the game, I'm not because everything happens really quickly. So, uh, you know, what you have to do is just respond, right? But definitely a huge part of your role, or my role anyway, in the last decade working with these different coaches is that once they have a trust in you, then they want to know how you're, you know, like some of the conclusions you've arrived at. You know, so-and-so has no confidence, even though he or she is super talented. And the coach sort of stops that, well, I don't know what the hell is wrong. They're not interested or they don't care anymore or they, they aren't as talented as I thought. You know, lots of those examples are in the book. But in fact, it's never that. You know, it's really something that's more complex and at a deeper level that's causing, you know, the um, disparity between, let's say, talent and performance. So in practices when I go, that's the kind of thing I'd be helping the coaches with and educating them, as you say. You know, I'll say, see, did you notice so-and-so when you did X, Y, Z? Wow, what was the result there? And that was the result you wanted. So, you know, it would be good for you to do more of that. And on the opposite end, wow, you know, all the screaming and yelling and whatever, you know, badgering that player, what happened after you did that? Like, how did that affect the performance of the athlete? And then you wait for the coach to evaluate that. Well, actually, he played even worse. Okay, good to know. So maybe you need more tools, right? I I can see you standing there kind of leaning in. I can see you leaning in going, come on, you can get this. I know you could do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, honestly, it's a bit like the Dr. Phil show, you know, where he kind of leans in and says, so how's that working for you? You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there's a lot of that that goes on because really, you know, the way most coaches have been coached, let's say in the past, is out of very common coaching models, which in a nutshell for me um, sort of, the difference between that and, let's say, a really super effective current self-aware coach is the difference between driving versus inspiring. So driving is when you're just using, you know, a very small set of tools to almost beat the person into submission, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Whereas inspiring takes much more skill, right? Yeah, You have to know who the person is. You have to know what some of their values are because that's the information you draw on in order to get the best out of them, right? Right. So if the coach is, you know, open to learning those things, then it makes my job just, you know, really thrilling. I'm sure it is. I love the beginning of the first chapter, uh, part one for coaches, uh, the growth of purposeful leadership. 
And, you know, we talk about just leadership all of the time, which a lot of people, like you've just said, end up doing push as opposed to really mm-hmm. leading. And, and, and the, the, um, the statement by Max Luchado, Luchado, mm-hmm. uh, a person who mm-hmm. wants to lead the orchestra must turn his back to the crowd. Mm-hmm. Why, why was that statement profound for you? Well, I'm so glad you reminded me of that, you know, um, because again, that was kind of inspired thing. I, I saw a million quotes that could go there, but that resonated. And I think it's two reasons. One is other people's expectations that even very skilled and experienced coaches can get caught up in. You know, how do their peers coach? Are they successful? Wow, if I want to try something differently as a head coach, how is that going to fly with them? You know, that sort of thing. What's expected right. of me? Wow, all those parents have spent all that money. They want their kids' team to win. You know, what if I'm trying something new and we don't get positive results right away? I mean, that's a human kind of consideration. So saying, yeah. you know, that you need to kind of turn your back to the crowd refers to that whole dynamic. But for me, it's okay. even deeper than that. Because turning your back to the crowd, for me, is all about going deeply, deeply internal. It's the mindful piece. You know, instead of letting external things and people dictate how I'm going to move forward here with my team, I'm actually going to go inward. And I'm going to do things that help me get in touch with why it is that I'm doing this coaching right now anyway. Like, why did I decide at this point in my life I'm going to take this team? What's my overall goal for them? Apart from the obvious, you know, winning. That's that's a given. We want to win. But what yeah. else, you know? So if yeah, you're coaching absolutely. from that place, you know, you're definitely having to turn your back to the crowd so that you're able to keep yourself in touch with what your purpose is here right now in this moment. And if you really do that, I have observed that your actions are much more purposeful. You know, much more purposeful because you're not just winging it, you're being strategic. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, totally. it's kind of the same and, and process. Sorry, I was just going to say it's the same process, honestly, Christine, that I'm quite sure you engage uh, with with your clients, you know what I mean? You want them to be clear on, you know, how they're going to move forward and where they're getting that direction from. And some people who don't know about coaching think that they're getting the direction from us as coaches, right? I'm talking about, you know, life coaching and business coaching. Yeah. But that's actually not the case, right? No. <laughs> We're helping people unpeel layers so that they figure out what their purpose is and we encourage them, right? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Okay, we are up for our second break. <laughs> this is going way too fast, Kelly. <laughs> um, but when we get back, um, we are going to tell everybody about the special gift that you're going to share with them. And I'd also like to talk more about the visioning process that you explain. I think it's 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 a key piece in your book and a key piece for all leaders, whether you're leading your own life 
or you're leading a, a group of um, athletes or a team of, in a workplace. So everyone, do stick around. I am here with Kelly Burton-Adams, and we are talking about mindfulness-inspired visioning. We'll be right back. Many of us make choices in our lives based on the past or what others think. What would our lives be like if we made choices based on what we desire in this moment? By tuning in to Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. You are an infinite being with infinite choices. Are you ready to create the life and living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. have you been waiting to uncloak your magic to allow the magic within you to rise and catalyze into an extraordinary life deep down you know is possible live your magic is a two and a half day experience that will move you beyond your mind ignite your body and activate the magic that is you if you are ready to radically tap into your desires generate more aliveness in your body and your life then join us at a live your magic event somewhere in the world go to megansolito.com and click on events to learn more today that's m-e-g-a-n-s-i-l-l-i-t-o this is inspired choices radio show with possibilities coach christine mciver to participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Oh, welcome back, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We are enjoying a lovely conversation with an amazing, inspiring woman who um, I love the way that you do it. I mean, we hear about a lot of inspiring um, individuals in the world, and the way that you have, I liken it to making a beautiful dish, the way you have brought all these different ingredients in your life to this moment in time, and what you're bringing to the world and inspiring other people is I just think it's so fascinating Kelly so thank you so much for for everything that you're doing and and are you a subject matter expert are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Many of us make choices in our lives based on the past or what others think. What would our lives be like if we made choices based on what we desire in this moment? By tuning in to Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver, you'll receive tools and inspiration you can use to do just that. 
you are an infinite being with infinite choices. Are you ready to create the life and living you truly desire? Listen for Inspired Choices Radio Show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Inspired Choices Radio Show with Possibilities Coach Christine McIver. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255. In Canada, 613-800-8736 or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to christine at inspiredchoices.ca. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. So sorry about that. We seem to have a little technical issue. So just before um, we went for break, I was talking about the free gifts that Kelly was going to be um, sharing with everyone. Kellyanne, do you, Kellyanne, I, I don't, it's your second name, Kellyanne. <laughs> for some reason in my head, keeps wanting to say that. Kelly, would you like to share what your gift is going to be with all the listeners? And you hear me? <laughs> okay, so the gift is the first 10 people to go to Kelly's website and order the book will get a half, a free half-hour coaching session with her within the next month. So her website is highperformancecoachkelly.com. And that's a wonderful gift. You get both the book and a coaching session. So how does it get any better than that? So, Kelly, when, before we left off, we were talking, uh, I wanted to speak to you about the visioning piece. Can you mm-hmm. start telling us more about that? Sure. So the thing about the visioning, whether it's, you know, us in the coaching realm or whether it's with sports teams, and I'll speak to the sports teams part because that's the focus of the book, it's really getting people to take as their first step taking quiet time out to picture in detail what it is that they want to accomplish. Because all the research in the last you know, decade or so has proven that if your brain is focusing on a specific vision, so if you're an athlete, it might be you know, the particular way that you're going to do your free throws, let's say, your foul shots. So... The brain, when you're picturing this in all its detail repeatedly, actually tricks your body, this is a simple way to explain it, into believing that you've actually done that. So your body doesn't know the difference, if you like, between you actually going up to the foul line and taking the shot and you imagining yourself doing it. So once you explain this to an athlete that, you know, before you're doing anything, you need to be able to picture it first. In other words, if you can't imagine it, it's actually not going to happen. So in the beginning, it takes them a little bit of time to wrap their minds around this, right? But when they Mm -hmm. actually are open enough to start practicing this, and I have them do visioning exercises before practices, before big games, you know, first thing in the morning when they wake up, just before they go to sleep. Like, this is all stuff I did when I was preparing for piano recitals. And I actually have told them examples when I used this, when it was really crucial and effective. 
And that's sort of what makes them interested in trying it out. And one of those is in the book where I had to do, um, I had to accompany a lot of really great professional musicians um, at a music camp. And I only had a certain amount of time to learn the music. And unfortunately, where the piano was situated <laughs> was where there were a lot of band rehearsals going on for that same concert. So it became clear to me that I wasn't really going to get any time on the piano. So I had to figure out another way to learn that music. And a lot of what I did was visioning it, literally. And muscle memory is another factor that comes in there. Like I sat down, took the music, and played it on my desk you know, every day for two hours, you know, because that's making your body remember it. But what's making your mind remember it is actually picturing it, picturing yourself walking out on the stage, taking a bow, hearing the applause, sitting on the piano stool. What does that feel like? So that's exactly the kind of thing that I brought over into the, um, into the sports world is, okay, how do you want to make that shot? You're going to go up to the foul shot line. You're going to, you know, have your knees in a certain position. You're going to have your wrist a certain way. What does the ball feel like? Is the crowd noisy? What do you smell? I mean, we get really detailed. That's fabulous. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the whole reason for that is to get their bodies and minds thinking that they've already done it. And then when they go to actually physically do it, it's like their body just goes into automatic pilot, right, and does whatever it is they had imagined. That's fabulous. So do do we need to do it for a specific length of time in order to be for this to be successful? Well, I think it's like any um, new skill, you know. Um, you have to be regular and disciplined about it, and that's another... Um, thing that you'll gain, let's say, from practicing mindfulness. You know, that is a discipline, right? You just don't do it now and then when you feel like it. You get yourself into kind of a routine and a ritual so that you automatically go to that place eventually fairly quickly. And it's the same with this kind of thing. Like, it's no good just asking your team to do this every now and then before a big game. It has to be part of their daily life. And if they actually do that and develop that discipline, what they start to find out, which is really exciting for them, is that this applies to their whole life, like preparing for a class presentation, writing an exam, mm-hmm. going to a job interview. You know, it's all the same stuff, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and and I love the um, I love the I mean for any leader for any person and and in my mind we're all leaders. Mm-hmm. Everybody's leading someone. You may not know you're leading them, but somebody's following you. Someone's watching you, and mm-hmm. they, to them you are a leader. So in each and every one of our lives, as we are stepping into being the leaders in our life, and and we want to be greater leaders utilizing this tool and really seeing what it is that we, what target we desire to hit, you know, what direction we desire to go in and beginning to visualize that and really know that it's possible for us can begin to take away all of the, the, the fear and the stigma because as we step into this more and more, we start to create the, the knowing that it truly is possible. 
Yeah, well, I love what you said there about the taking away the fear aspect because, again, you know, that's a huge part of why mindfulness practice is so effective. Like in my counseling and therapeutic role, if I'm working with people who experience a lot of anxiety, which is a very common thing, you know, about one in three yeah. people has some sort of, you know, issue with anxiety. Really, I mean, that's what that mindfulness practice is really good for, is when the person is starting to have, you know, a panic attack on the bus on their way to school, they can literally take some really deep, like, yoga kind of breaths and then begin to sort of go internal and allow themselves to be fully present and slow down their minds and their bodies, because those obviously are so deeply connected. So, I mean, there's lots of scientific research behind all this and the fact that slowing down your mind results in your body slowing down, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I love this next quote. So the second section of the book is for athletes. And the, the next quote is, you can't put a limit on anything. The more you dream, the farther you get by Michael Phillips, uh, Olympic champion swimmer. I absolutely love that. The more you dream, the farther you get. And how many of us, um, you know, when, like when I'm working with a lot of people and, you know, they're, they go into the, well, it's not happening for me. I've desired all these things and it's not going on. And, you know, they go back into looking at what's not there as opposed to actually continue to be engaged with and asking questions and seeing what other techniques and tools they can be utilizing to create, to make the dream actualize in their life. And, and I yeah, guess I, that you, yeah. there's no limit. You can't put a limit on it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's so true, right? A, a natural human tendency is to focus on what isn't yet. You know what I mean? And I found in my counseling practice over 30 years, I kept using this word yet a lot. And after I noticed it, I was thinking, wow, you know, this is kind of interesting. It isn't planned, but that is really because that's how I see everything. It's just it hasn't happened yet. So you might have been visualizing and developing the discipline, and you might not have reached, you know, your end goal yet, but the fact is you're taking all these steps towards it. And what would be more useful to all of us is to keep celebrating those individual steps of progress versus, oh, my God, we're not there yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yes. that whole mindset is so unhelpful, right? It, it's extremely unhelpful. And it's extremely unhelpful if a leader is using that um, with their team. Mm. Yes, you, you, and you that happens what? a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I was just going to say that happens like, a lot. Yeah. I would put money on it. It happens nine times out of ten with most leadership roles, uh, especially in organizations. You know, the company needs to make the money. The company needs to have more clients. And then, the, the you know, the leaders in the company start going into push and panic uh, as yeah. opposed to really visioning what is possible. And, you know, in your book, you show such a fabulous example of, of having the leaders within the organization, not the um, – 
the official leaders, having the leaders within the organization actually make a massive contribution, especially when you're talking about the team leads on, on the team and how you knew, no, 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 let them take this. Let them do this. And, and mm-hmm. the impact that they can make, and that just transferred in my mind, just transferred over, okay, who's the team leads in the team that, that actually can make an impact that possibly I can't make or the owners can't make or, you know, and it was fabulous the way that you did that. Well, yeah, I mean, and solely because I witnessed it, right? You know, you just get to see that, wow, if I stop having to be a control freak <laughs> and share the leadership, right? Share the yeah, leadership, yeah. then, you know, we're going to get somewhere. We're going to get somewhere. Well, we are just, we've just gotten a couple minutes left here in the show. I can't believe Kelly just went so friggin' fast. Um, Kelly is, is someone that you can so, certainly find all over social media, um, but definitely go over to her website, highperformancecoachkelly.com. Uh, you can definitely, I see her on Instagram. She's on Facebook, of course. You know, you can get her anywhere you want to get her. Um, but definitely check out this book, and uh, you need to get one of these. Mindful Team Making, uh, a guide for coaches, athletes, and parents. I think if you do a revision, I would also add, and for any human being that leads in their life. Because okay. that to me, so noted. that to me, <laughs> that to me, exactly what this book is is actually speaking to. Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today, and 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 for you know agreeing to have this um, off the rails conversation. Sometimes I go into different directions. <laughs> oh, I've loved it actually. I've really enjoyed it, Christine. Thanks so much for oh, inviting me to be a guest. You're so Just welcome. Fun. <laughs> It's so good. It's just so good to see where, where people are in their lives and what's going on. So, everyone, stay tuned next week. My show is actually Are Your Dreams Big Enough? Uh, I would love for everyone to join in and be sure and connect with Kellyanne and see what it is that you can be changing and inspiring in the leaders around you and within yourself. And remember, you can always make another choice. Bye for now, my friends. Until next week, take good care. Thank you for choosing to listen to Inspired Choices Radio Show. Christine McIver will return next Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you desire.